Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Panic Room in an undisclosed location, it is Texas Football Today, a show that is practicing social distancing by tanning on our driveways. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on the Facebook, or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, um, is a um, glowing (laughs) Ashley Pickle. Radiant. Very hot. (laughs) Like... Well, did you go outside today? It's nice and cool. Feel like today. my temperature. Oh, last night when like the sunburn really started to set in, I walked out when it was like forty-eight degrees, and that's the best I had felt in like four hours. It was great. <laughs> like if you if you need something to do, you can come pick up Hank for a weekend. I would like to pick up Hank and his basketball goal. <laughs> All right, that's on wax, guys. Um. <laughs> Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was uh, Meese, Rob Hadaway, Matthew McSpadden, and Tony. Welcome in, guys. Hi, guys. Today is Monday, April 13th, 2020, 227 days until Thanksgiving, episode 940. 940. Kevin Brown's OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Not the pitcher Kevin Brown. The, like, third string catcher from 1996 to 1997 he went two for nine in his career, and in the 1997 season finale, he had a ninth-inning home run off of Mike Bovey of the then Anaheim Angels, and that was uh, the only home run that Mike Bovey ever allowed. So there you go, your Kevin Brown fun <laughs> facts of the day. On today's show, um, we got a few different things. We're, we're going to talk about um, when football comes back how it may look different uh, and what that would all entail and all the things that maybe that I think everybody's thinking about and also the things maybe people are not thinking about. Uh, We'll have that. And then back half the show this morning, I had a great conversation with the head coach, the new head coach of the Corgan Camden Bulldogs, coach Brett Ratliff. He is moving from Hondo to take over at his alma mater, Corgan Camden. We talked not only about taking the job, but also like the interview process. 
and how it's all because he got hired today i think this is his first week on the job oh wow and so yeah and so the entire process for him happened while that we were all in quarantine basically and so i want to ask him about that as well as coming home and all this fun stuff and and for example i know that he is going to um he wants to change the offense and change the defense and so i asked him about you sure you want to do, do that considering you can't that. be with your kids mm-hmm. yeah so we're we'll hear from coach brett ratliff great conversation with him coming up here at the back half of the program thanks to everybody for tuning in to the happy hour on friday mm-hmm. um that was uh with mike craven and danny davis of the austin american statesman appreciate their time had a fun time yeah um and uh good time had by all yeah trying to think if there were any highlights um i don't know oh uh, from that yeah, yeah just generally good. we got a uh, drop something hold on we got a good danny rant in we did get a Danny rant about McConaughey. That was that was good. Um, mm-hmm. They they rehashed some old beef that they had with each other. That was funny. With some media beef. Which um, is great. So yeah, it was pretty eventful, I would say. Yeah. Fun. Also, don't know if you realize so, this. We'll do it again this week. Uh, today marks one month officially that we have been working from home. Is that right? The thirteenth. One we month as in four weeks, or, oh, you're saying... 13th to 13th. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. The first show was March 13th. Um, which is really kind of yeah. weird for both of us, too, because you were on vacation for that first half, and so Thursday was your first day in the office, and then I was at the Conference USA Basketball Tournament, so technically, like, the last full day of work that I had was that Monday, and yours would have been the Friday prior so I have been in the office. I've, I should be, I've run back up to the office to get stuff. Both of us have. But mm-hmm. I, the last, I worked since the, the last day that I worked in the office, um, besides that one Thursday was. And we were only um, out there for like four or five hours. Uh, was Friday, March 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a minute. So Mine, anyway, I'm sick of my house. Yes. Me too. I'm very tired. So I'm in my driveway. Uh, Okay. What's that? I said that's why I go out to my driveway. (laughs) Yeah, good point. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the fall because I'm I'm going to I'm going to make a declaration. Okay. And I'm going to make a declaration. I want everybody to clip this and roast me if I'm wrong. Just absolutely, just blame me. Okay. Get. I want at old takes exposed. Okay. All right. Here is my take. We're going to have football in the fall. Okay. I like that. My take. take. I'm well, I'm willing, I'm willing to stand up and say it. Okay. We're going to have football in the fall. Um, now that said, that doesn't mean that I'm sure we're going to have football in the way that we've always had football. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we could be looking at a truncated schedule. I think that we could be looking at um, a delayed schedule. I think there's a lot of different things that we can do. And another thing that I think we may end up seeing, the more and more I read about this, I do think that there are going to be games played in empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, you were, you've seen with any, any sporting events that did go on kind of in that last 
Yeah, soccer was a big the total shutdown. portion of that, yeah. Soccer, um, Australian rules football. Oh Your favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, Australian rules football. There's, uh, there's been like Korean baseball that's been played in empty stadiums. Um, things like that, right? Um, the UFC, um, uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. WrestleMania was in, uh, was in an empty arena, mm-hmm. right? Which that's just weird. We had that happen. <laughs> I watched it. It was crazy. Anyway, (laughs) so let's talk about empty stadium football because I do think we're going to have some Mm -hmm. um, on on both because I I, while I do think I'm confident that things will be relaxed to the point that we can maybe open schools up in a way that's different in the fall. Mm -hmm. And uh, while I'm confident, I feel good about the idea of that. I, I, I do not feel good presently about the idea of gathering 10,000 people into a stadium together. Right. I think that is going to be a, a, a that's going to be another hurdle that it may take time for us to get to. So what is that going to entail? I, I want to break this up into two different categories. One is going to be from the, the, the college football aspect and one is going to be from the, the pro football or I'm sorry, from the high school football aspect. So college. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, like it's going to be really interesting to see this will be a like a a really interesting test case on the power of home field advantage. Yes. Right? Absolutely. That how much is it crowd noise? How much it is just familiar surroundings? How much is it um all of that fun stuff? Because um you know, in a lot of ways it feels like those games will just happen in a normal way. Now, obviously the colleges are going to miss the gate from a financial perspective this is going to be a big hit for them but um with the tv deals that will go a long way towards helping them make them whole not all the way whole i think i I read somewhere i i i should not shoot up but about that i i don't I, i i don't um but i read something about the amount of money that texas takes in on a game day and it was in like the like the multiple millions of dollars um which is not surprising let me see if i can find it you're listening to live coverage um yeah so uh here's the texas football generated 42.4 million dollars in ticket sales in the 2018 season um so you know they like that's just ticket sales that's not to mention um, you know, concessions. That's not to mention mm-hmm. uh, apparel. That's not to mention all of the things that go parking. Uh, yes. um, all the things that go along with it that make football, college football, a cash cow for universities. Mm-hmm. The TV will help. Yes. Um, but there is going to be, uh, that's going to hurt them financially if these games have to be played in an empty stadium. And that too, a big portion of that, that ends up stinking for everything else is the fact that anywhere the college football program is the biggest money maker and that's typically how they're able to help fund the rest of the sports so there is mm-hmm. the largest of domino effects that hurt the golf teams and the swimming and diving that use some of that money just to survive mm-hmm. and have uniforms you know oh 100 that like when they talk about revenue sports, there's mm-hmm. a reason that they talk about revenue sports. That revenue sports tend to be football, men's basketball, 
other places it's things like women's basketball other places it's things like baseball baseball other places it's uh, um uh, i know in like a a handful of things handful places um like wrestling is big big is, is a is a revenue sport but there's a lot of other sports that are not revenue sports that like god bless them but like the swimming and diving team is not a, it's like that's not a revenue right. sport, you know. Yeah, and so, that's the other funny thing too. The, like when it comes to like one of my roommates works in facilities, so he'll definitely still have to be there and do that. But one of my other roommates, Goof, he works in concessions at UNT, so he was he brought that up there like the realistic fact because he was like, if there's not fans, I don't have a job to do. Right. You know, like that's. You don't think about that, but like concessions and the bookstore people that bring in all of that money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is. And, and so from a college football perspective, um, empty stadiums would have a pretty severe financial impact. Where things get really interesting, I think, is in the high school front mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. One is the same idea for... Um, the same idea for colleges as far as the revenue is concerned, which is, look, I mean, high school football, it brings in a gate. It brings in money for the school and it helps to fund other things. Like there is, it's obviously not as big as uh, Texas A&M. Right. But it's not nothing. And it's, it's, it's a, a, a revenue source that a lot of school districts uh, budget in, you know? And so that is one thing certainly to keep an eye on. That, that's going to be interesting. But the other thing that I think is going to be really interesting about empty football, empty arena, or I'm sorry, empty stadium football. Mm-hmm. That's where I play, stadiums. Yes, that is fact. Is the biggest difference between college football and high school football in the state of Texas is that, uh, um, Ashley, let's just say that you were a UTSA fan, mm-hmm. okay? And let's just say that you couldn't go to the UTSA versus Rice game, mm-hmm. right? Could you still watch it? Yes. Yeah, you could. Sure can. Because at this point, ESPN every Plus college football game, USA. Mm-hmm. At least from the F- at least at the FBS level, every college football game is televised in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it ends up being that it's pay per view or some weird thing, but there are cameras there, and the game is being broadcast. Somewhere. Exactly. Okay. That is not the case with high school, mm-hmm. because as as you you know, there is a a Friday night ban on high school foot televised high school football. I think, this is me, I think that the UIL would need to relax that at least for the season. Right. And to say, if you want to have the local broadcast on your local uh, CBS station or local, is the WB still around? I don't know. No, it's a CW. I don't think so. Um, oh, yeah, CW I, I answered, is CW. question. Yeah. If you want to have it there or whatever uh, station, you can. Or if you just want to stream it online, you can. And I think that they, the UIL will need to do that to for a number of reasons. 
One is so that it will it will make it will make it so that people can still consume the game, still enjoy the game, and it will dissuade them from showing up at the stadium anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? There that's one reason. It's a that's a to me that's a public health reason is to is yes. to do that. The other part of it is that that can help to make the schools whole. That the schools could then, I, I hate to say, it, it sounds so like capitalistic and terrible when I say it like this, and it shouldn't be like this, but they can sell their rights. They can sell it to uh, the local CBS station and say, hey, do this. And by the way, we want to cut of the commercials that you sell and stuff like that. They can help to make the schools whole in that regard with the gate that they are going to lose. Mm-hmm. To me... That is the most prudent way of helping to to do that. And I think that it's a necessity. I do too. And I think that there's two huge things that you can take as a positive bonus for that out of the UIL. One, just a human feel-good thing is that parents will be able to watch their kids. That's a huge thing. Like other fans aside, okay, but grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, they should have the right to watch their son or daughter play sports. That's that's one thing. And then two, that helps give all these really small town local news stations something to cover. Like mm-hmm. they're out of jobs at that point if they can't cover, you know? There's another, you're, you hit the nail on the head because there's one other thing and, and maybe it's because of the industry we work in, but something I thought about is the media aspect of it is that you will have to allow some credentialed media to come in and cover the game. Obviously with restrictions, obviously with things like that, but mm-hmm. um, you'll need to have that. You, like, I feel like you'll still need to have photographers on there, but you're going to have to severely limit it. And you're going to have mm-hmm. to say, no, we can only have, you know, this number of credentials and things like that, because we do still have to, you know, report the scores and have these things. Um, uh, that's where I think if you're asking me, um, if you're asking me what, high school football looks like in the fall right now. And it's, it's April 13th. And then a lot can change between now and then, but I think you're going to see empty stadium games. Um, and I also think that it would be prudent. And I don't want to tell Dr. Dr. Elza or Dr. Bright up how to do their job or Dr. Harrison, but I think it would be prudent for the UIL to relax those restrictions, to allow those games to be streamed. There is now like you and I both know that the technology exists that these games can be pretty effectively and relatively cost effectively uh, streamed. Well, and that's what Josh Chapa just made a great point and said, what if schools have the means to broadcast their own games on Facebook Live, live stream, et cetera, to be broadcasted by the booster clubs or broadcast journalist teams? And that's one of those things, like, obviously – not every team would get covered every week by a, their local TV station. But, yeah, if you can stream it to Facebook Live, even if there's not commentary, you know, but that mm-hmm. one allows right. for an extracurriculum of broadcast students to start coming up and getting some practice under their belt. And really, that's the and there. The and by the way, there are still there are schools out there that do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Frisco yeah. ISD, I know, has a pretty robust broadcast journalism program that they produce mm-hmm. like they do the in-game like production. At, yeah, like, so does the... Northwest. Justin Northwest does that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to me, 
I do think that again, it's 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 there's it's a lot more than just saying close the stadium and we'll just play in an empty stadium. There are there are ramifications to it, but I do think they're navigable, and I do think that um, it's it's this is something that we should probably start to wrap our head around. Yeah. Is will it be weird? Yeah, but everything's weird right now, guys. Yeah, weird weird is the <laughs> new normal. Like once stuff actually goes back to normal, it's not going to seem normal. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. If you want to help support this show uh, that I am recording, not recording, broadcasting from my uh, home office, and Ashley is broadcasting from uh, her dungeon then please become a Dave Campbell Texas Football Insider at Texas. Then maybe I can get a home insider. office instead of a dungeon. Uh, it's I don't know. It's, it's it's weird. It's it's weird. You did the pan shot during the the happy hour, and I was like, man, it's rough out here. We're we're out in the streets. Yeah, it's just ooh. All right, not good. Um, a little bit earlier today, I had a great conversation with the new head coach at Corgan Camden, Coach Brett Ratliff, to homecoming of Coach Ratliff, leaving Hondo uh, to take over at uh, his alma mater uh, with the Bulldogs. Here's our conversation with new Corgan Camden head coach, Brett Ratliff, here on Texas Football Today. Texas high school football season rolls on, as do coaching changes from around the state. And uh, about a week ago, you might have missed a, a pretty sizable uh, move there in the smaller school ranks. We are joined by the new head coach of the Corgan Camden Bulldogs, Coach Brett Ratliff. Coach, how are you? Good, Mr. Pepper. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, doing excellent. Appreciate your time. First and foremost, congratulations on the job. Um, uh, I, I know that, that as an alumnus of, of Corgan Camden, that had to be special for you, but, but I, I'm interested in, in why this was the right job for you. You know, personally and professionally, I just thought this was a dream come true for me. It was an opportunity that I simply could not pass up. First and foremost, I have to say that I, I love Hondo with all my heart, you know, where I'm leaving my job right now. It's a great place, great people, great students. But, you know, when home comes calling and, and your, your sister still lives there, and your mom and dad, and you played there, and you remember the great times that you had, and you want that for your kids, and you, and you want that for your family, you know, it, and it's a great situation to jump into the, with the tradition that Corey and Camden's had. It, it, was, it was too hard a, a, a job to pass up for me. Yeah, you know, that's, that's something that I think is, is really interesting is, is you, you leave a job that I know you were really passionate about there at Hondo, and I know that, that you, you know, a ton of tradition there uh, as well. You know, I, I am interested kind of in, in, in how difficult that was. Uh, that's a place that you were there for three years. You have three really solid years, playoff years there uh, for the Owls. Uh, I, I can't imagine that it was easy, uh, even with a job as appealing as Corgan Camden, for you to, for you to leave Hondo. Oh, it was, it was not easy at all. I mean, it was painstakingly hard, and, and that's kind of what I've let the community know here. And, but you know what? It's a tribute to how great the community is and how great the town and the kids are that they basically hug my neck. You know, they can't hug my neck right now, but shot me texts and, and, and messages and let me know how supportive they were in my decision and how excited they were for me and that they're going to keep up with me and they wanted me to do great things in Corrigan. And, and I'm excited to go and do that. 
I'm I'm a little interested. We don't we don't really ask coaches a lot about the hiring process, but I will also say that we don't also have global pandemics very often. Right. Uh, what what was the the hiring process? Because I'm sure you had to interview and stuff like that. Uh, how, what was all that like? You know, honestly, it wasn't much different than any other process I've been part of. I will say that the committee was smaller. You know, um, the hiring committee, which rightfully so, and and when we went into the committee, we were sit, sitting six feet apart from each other. There was no handshakes or how are you doing when you walk in, you know, those formalities and, and those things that you really get used to when you're meeting people and getting to sit down and talk to them. You know, it was more sit down, let's get to business and, and let's uh, talk about the job. And, you know, there were two rounds just like normal. You know, it, it was very similar, but it was not as, I guess, personal, if mm. you if you want me to explain it that way, just because of, of, of the situation we're in. No, it certainly that makes sense. We're talking with Brett Ratliff, the new head coach of the Corden Camden Bulldogs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Speaking of the strange circumstances, um, uh, I am almost, I haven't asked you this, but I'm almost positive you have not gathered all your kids in the same room yet. Um, but no, no, not at all. Yeah. Have, have you had an opportunity to connect with them? And, and if you have, what, what has been your message to them? Well, you know, I signed or I, I finished getting the job. I was hired last Tuesday. Actually, I was back on my way to Hondo right after that to try to finish up a couple things here. This week is my is my first week that I'll be really on the job and I'll be reaching out to those guys and, and girls. You know, what I'm going to try to do as best I can is is talk to them through social media, through a Zoom process or through, a you know, FaceTime and, and try to get these social media platforms up and running in Corgan like we do in Hondo. I think that that's really benefited our program these past three years here, and I want to implement that there. And, and we're going to hit the ground running after that. This is not the ideal transition that you would want, especially for a, a position like this, and I'm so excited about getting started. But, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, and it's going to be a fun challenge. You know, I, I'm, I'm interested kind of in, in, in what, kind of, what kind of team we can expect to, to see there in, in, in Corgan because – uh, you know, Coach Armstrong, Coach Seven Armstrong, who was there for, for 13 years there in Corgan, they, they ran the wing tee. They ran the 3-4 defense. You don't run either of those, or at least you didn't at Hondo. Um, right. what, what can we expect to see? What kind of style of, of, of football can we expect to see from the Bulldogs under Coach Ratliff? We're going to see, you know, option, spread option-based football, just like I've run anywhere else I've been, what I run in New Diana, what I've ran in Hondo, and I think that it's successful. Offensively, we're going to do that. And, and defensively, we're going to run more of a 4-3 a concept, which is what we've run here. Um, you know, I just feel real strongly about those. Obviously, I'm going to, you know, evaluate through video, and I've already started doing that, the players that I have coming back and their strengths. And we're going to tailor make the offense and the defense to those guys and, and what their strengths are. But at the same time, you know, I have to put my spin on it and, and do what we do and do what I'm passionate about and what I'm good at doing. And, and that's what we're going to get after and do. And, and, you know, I think a lot of times as coaches, we have to give kids a ton of credit in being resilient and understanding football. And, and I'm going to put a lot of trust in those kids and these coaches to do that and do that in a short period of time. Because it, it strikes me, one thing that, that's really interesting is, you know, you, are, you do plan on, on shifting the offense a little bit and, and shifting the defense and doing, doing an, an, an even front. Um, those, are, those are pretty significant changes um does the current situation with the ability not being able to get in the classroom with kids and, and teach them these things um 
is it fair to say that that's going to up the, the, the degree of difficulty for, for a transition like that? Oh, it's fair, 100%. It's definitely going to up that degree of difficulty, you know, which that means their kids are going to have to do their due diligence in, in learning the system that we put in place as fast as possible. And obviously, I'm going to have to scale back and be a little simpler a little earlier. And then if I have to incorporate some of the things that they've done in the past with my terminology, I will 100% do that because we're going to put the kids in the best situation to be successful. Uh, it's Brett Ratliff, the new head coach of Corrigan Camden. Coach, one last question. Um, you're not moving alone. Uh, you're, you're moving with uh, your, your, uh, your wife, Lindsay, your daughter, Lillian, and, and, and your son, William. Um, I, what, what, what do they think about the move? How, uh, what, I know you mentioned you have some family there still in, in Corrigan. What, what, is, uh, what, is the, what are the actual bosses, the people who actually make the decisions in the household, what do they think about the move? Yeah, I, you know, they are my bosses. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. You know, I might be the boss on the field and in the field house, but they are the boss at the real house. Um, you know, they were excited about the opportunity. You know, my wife, her family lives in Troop, Texas, which is probably about an hour and 20 minutes from where we're moving to. And, uh, you know, my kids, my son, especially being 12 and being in sixth grade, he's developed a lot of great friends here. And it's always a little tough when they have to move into a new place, but it's not a new place. It's a place he's very familiar. He'll get to spend time with his grandparents. He'll get to go see his, his aunt and uncle and his cousin. So to me, they were excited. They're fired up, fired up about the move. Very supportive. Oh, that, that's outstanding. He's Coach Brett Ratliff. He's the new head coach of the Corgan Cannon Bulldogs. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the new gig, and uh, we'll be talking down the road. Hey, thanks, Mr. Stepper. I appreciate it. And there he is. Tepper has no idea that we're back on. Hey, Tep. Y'all are watching live coverage of me about to text him and tell him when we're back on the air. Here we go. We're on the air. Don't you love this? Just the most professional show ever. There he is. Hey, bud. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, he doesn't even have his headphones in. Hi. Your mic's not on don't either. You are a on. Don't mess. Have the mic on. <laughs> Sorry, People I was sending an email. People just got to look at your face like this for about 30 seconds. Well, that was amusing. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what the people want. I, you know what's funny? I was thinking about that as we were running the interview because you texted me how long the interview was. Because I can't see program for those who don't know. I won't get into the details. But um, I was thinking, man, you know what's interesting is that we have not – I haven't just, like, blown through the end of an interview yet, and then it happened. Yeah, that was Perfect. comical. I, they got to watch, like, live um, coverage of me texting you saying, hey. Yeah, but. so it was great. <laughs> um so appreciate coach Brett Ratliff. I thought that was well, one thing that was really interesting with coach Ratliff was the, I, I wanted to ask him, I didn't mean to throw him a curveball. I felt like I did, but about the, the interview process, because it's like a lot of these coaches that we've talked to, they had like a relatively normal interview process. Mm -hmm. um, he's the first one I think we've talked to that basically the entire thing happened during this lockdown exactly. or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but excited to see what he does. I know his, his family's fired up to head back to, to Corrigan. So um, it'll be really fun to see what he does with his Bulldogs. We appreciate Coach Brett Ralph hopping on with us a little bit earlier. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. First favorite. Um, two thoughts kind of going back to our original conversation over the in-stadium uh, or the mm -hmm. no fans in the stadium. Um, one, Kayla Keese, she was one of the ones who uh, tweeted us a picture 
the other day for her favorite sports moment. Um, she's a coach's wife, and she one of her comments she left was that she sure hopes fans are allowed in. Otherwise, I'm about to be a 35-year-old water girl, which I thought was very funny. I thought that one was funny. I I related to that. Um, Mm -hmm. The other one was actually a thought that I had had when you were talking about, you know, we start to figure out how much home field advantage really matters and that kind of stuff. Do you think stuff is going to change a little bit more, if that did happen, that things would change a little bit more with signal calling, how they're going to relay the message? Obviously, a lot of teams use the boards and stuff like that, but if you think about it, you can hear people yelling from across a football field if there's no one there. Like, you can hear coaches talking. So do you think that changes a whole lot or not really? Because they'll probably just use cards. Yeah. Because it's 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 that's that's really interesting. Because another reason why they do like a big reason why they use the cards is because it's like okay, that's something that you can do when it's uh, when there's you know uh, uh, the Indy Five Hundred going on, yes. you know, or it's the the loudest thing you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if there there are different um, different ways to to call and play. Or there's still a handful, not a handful, but a fair number of teams that run in the play that coach that, that, you know, the, the quarterback will run over to the coach. uh, He'll get, he'll get the the signal and then he'll run back out there or they'll send in a new receiver and the new receiver will bring in the play. Um, I wonder if you see more of that, or I wonder if coaches are now set in a sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. of doing the cards or doing the signals or things like that, that they say, we're going to keep this the same so that when we do play in full stadium, Mm-hmm. Or when we do play in a loud situation, that it, it just um, carries over. To... You wonder too, right. like, are you going to see huddles standing further apart because there's no noise going on? You know, like that's that's I mean, something that would actually have to change. Look, there's another aspect to it that we didn't even touch on, which is the idea of it. You you cannot socially distance and play football. Mm-hmm. Like you are literally no. getting up in their grill. <laughs> And so that's another thing that they would have to make sure that was safe for the players as well. You know, we, we spent mm-hmm. so much time talking about what the experience would be like. Uh, there's a much more fundamental issue of can it be safe for the players? Um, it'll be interesting. And, and there's, there's a lot of moving parts here, obviously a lot of time between now and then, but mm-hmm. um, it sounds like the idea of empty stadiums is gaining some traction, at least in the, in, in the college or in, in, in other sports, right? Baseball and, and soccer and things like that. Um, I wonder if we'll see it in football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Nope. That's all I got. It's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Brett Radliff of Cork and Camden for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.